the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. All right, 506 on the Central Coast. It is Tuesday, February 6, 2024. I'm Dave Congleton. We got a busy week, and the, the, week, is, the week is booked. Uh, Thursday, Susan Funk, uh, Tascadero City Council member, candidate for county supervisor. This race is going to be determined in March. We've got both candidates coming in. We'll start with Susan Funk. Tomorrow, first-time guest, Adam Verdon, prominent businessman, attorney. We're going to talk about a variety of issues facing South County. We are with you weekday afternoons from 3.05 to 7 o'clock right here on KVEC. Well, it is that time of year again. A week from tomorrow is Valentine's Day. But a week from tomorrow, it also marks the fifth anniversary of my open heart surgery. Seems just like yesterday. Uh, The man who led the team to perform that surgery has been very gracious in coming back in February to... Not mark the anniversary so much, but to remind people about the importance of good good heart health. Why am I babbling? Dr. David Canvasser is in studio. Doctor, nice to see you. Good to see you, Dave. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. You staying dry? I'm trying. Okay. I'm trying. Did you work today? Uh, we did work today. Mm. How many surgeries do you typically do a week? You know, it it, it varies. Um, uh, we we help, or I mean, we we work with the cardiologist for uh, performing uh, TAVR, which is non, well, placing, replacing the aortic valve without opening the chest. And then we do our, our cases. I think last year we did about 260 or 270 open heart procedures. Do you keep track of how many open heart procedures you've done in your career? No. No, our, our office keeps track of it, but I can't give you that number. I mean, they don't give you, like, here's number 5,000. No, we, we don't do that. I'm, I'm sure it's done, but uh, we, we don't. Remind people of your professional background, please. Well, I'm a, a cardiac surgeon. I was a veterinarian for about seven years in Michigan. I love this story. And, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I've never come up with a real good reason what happened. It just was one of those things that I decided to go to medical school. And in medical school, I thought I was going to be an orthopedic surgeon, and uh, my first rotation was cardiac surgery, and I said, this is it, and uh, the rest is history. So the obvious follow-up question is, is an animal's heart radically different from a human heart? Um, the, the mammalian heart is very similar. It's a four-chambered heart with the two, four chambers and two circulations. So you have the, the right-sided uh, heart will will send blood to the lungs, where it'll be oxygenated and the and the carbon dioxide removed, back to the right ventricle. And then well, I'm sorry, back back to the to the left atrium, which will go into the left ventricle and 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 send the blood to the uh, to the systemic circulation. Mm, all right, I understood about half of that. Okay, uh, right here. Now you're more to the point. So five years coming up. Valentine's Day. You did the surgery on Valentine's Day. I should have gotten a discount on that. Um, so how am I doing? What do you think? You look great. You look great. Um, 
How are you feeling? I feel good. good. Okay. Then that's... But I I told you we came in, I feel kind of bad because I'm not exercising as much as I should. Okay. Well, I'm not going to berate you too much, but, um, you know, the thing about heart surgery and the thing about heart care is, is we don't cure this darn disease. It's with you forever. So what we have to do is keep working on our our risk factors, the things we can control and the things we can't control. Um, the things we can't control, we can't control our age, we can't control our family history, uh, we can't control our, I don't want to get in trouble here, we, we can't control our birth sex. Um, that's what we got. Uh, and then we have habits which we do, can control, staying active, watching what we eat, avoiding stress, which I'm sure is easy with your job. Sure, no problem and, at all, um, particularly that last hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have the health issues that we can improve, our blood pressure, our um, uh, if we have diabetes, keeping that under control, and, and we do what we can. Well, and next week I'm going to see uh, Dr. Doria. I'm sure. getting my... I, get, I, saw, I, I saw Dr. Doria this morning. Two so. checkups okay. a year. But now, I want to go to my father. My father had open-heart surgery when he was 71. He lived to be 95. In his 80s, he ended up getting a pacemaker. So let's assume, doctor, I make it into my 90s. What's the next 20 years going to be like for me from a heart perspective? What are you looking for? Well, you know, there there could be. uh, Your your father sounds a little bit my father. My father had a head start. He had his open-heart surgery at 51 had a repeat open heart surgery at 77, Thanks. had a transcatheter aortic valve replacement in when he was 90. Uh, things, things wear out and things break down. Uh, with the pacemaker, not unusual to uh, have a, uh, uh, an arrhythmia or our slow heart rate, which which may need it. You, th- you think of the heart as a house, with the with the walls being the ventricle and, and the muscle, the plumbing being the arteries and yeah. the electrical system, and they all have a propensity to to age and to fail. So I might have more open heart surgery. There's a possibility. There's a possibility. Is that a high possibility, doctor? Well. Um, it is becoming less um, less common uh, now with the uh, ability of the interventional cardiologist to uh, go ahead and sort of update our surgery by placing stents that can prevent um, surgery. Uh, the classical with your operation, we used uh, two types of of plumbing. We used the artery from behind your breastbone called the left internal mammary or left internal thoracic artery. That goes to the artery in the front of your heart. And that artery um, stays open 90 90 plus percent of the time forever. The vein grafts, unfortunately, do not do as well. And the historical data is that at 10 years, a third of them have closed, a third of them have disease, and a third of them are open. That's the one you took off my thigh. That is one, correct. Correct. But that data has never really been updated. Uh, that was old data before we knew the, uh, the importance of statins, before we knew the importance of uh, daily aspirin and the other medications which you're on. So we'll see. Also, if one of the graphs fails, 
a lot of times um, collateral circulation has formed in the heart and you have sort of built-in bypasses which which supply the heart muscle and, and keep you doing fine. So I could repeat my father's lifespan if I take care of myself. If I, I don't smoke, I rarely drink, I don't eat much red meat. In, in my, I used to exercise more. I will get back into that. If I do all those things... I might have a longer life. Very possibly, yes. All right. Dr. David Canvasser is here for the hour. Every February, he's nice enough to come in and talk about heart health. We want to put a particular emphasis on women's health uh, for reasons we will explain as we continue right here on AM 920, FM 96.5 News Talk, KVEC. Oh, you're going to love this one for Dr. Canvasser already on the Stolberg line. Mike Eisner is texting in. Dr. Canvasser is doing my bypass and aortic valve repair next Tuesday. Great to hear your conversation. Uh-oh, what should we, what should we tell Mike? Well, I, I think um, um, <laughs> Mike and I had a lengthy discussion last week. Is he ready? And he's ready. Mm-hmm. He's ready. Mike, you're in great hands. Thank right, you. you're in, you. You could not be in better hands. I wanted because I, I don't. I hate to put this all on me, but I just want to remind folks of my story. My story all went down in 24 hours. Wednesday before Valentine's Day, Doctor Doria comes in. He's got the heart and he's drawn. He's got you got 99 percent blockage. Right. I don't. I don't know why you're still alive, but I got this guy, and they call you. You're coming out of Costco. I love the story. Hey, can you come in and, and take care of this guy? But my point being, I didn't, I wasn't sitting around for weeks worried about it. It just happened so quickly. So when Mike, he's got, he's got another week. I just want to assure him it's going to be just fine. I All think right? so. I think so, and I hope so, Mike. You're going to do great. <laughs> you might end up barking like a dog. <laughs> You get that joke all the time, don't you? <laughs> I try. <laughs> all right. So let's get serious. Women's health. We were talking during the break, and share your observation, because I think you're spot on here. Okay. Well, you know, with the popular media uh, these days, we don't, we don't relate heart disease in women. We think women die of cancer. And, and cancer is a very scary thing. And, yes, absolutely, we need to, you know, you know, do the the necessary things to prevent, to diagnose, to treat. But actually, cardiac disease is still the biggest cause of death in women. Uh, and if you add uh, cardiac disease's cousin stroke, it even increases the number of women who will succumb to atherosclerotic disease. But if you look at uh, TV or film or books, the women always die of cancer. I mean, it's like love story. It's cancer. And men have the heart attacks. No, you never see a woman have a heart attack no, in a movie. No, no, I was thinking, you know, it was, it was a while ago, but, but we were watching, um, uh, I, and just like that, I think it was the sequel to Sex in the City. Yes. And it's the first episode, I think it was the first episode. Yeah, Mr. Big. Mr. Big is on the Peloton, 
and he drops dead. Yeah. And and I don't wish that on anybody, but you know, I'm glad he was exercising, but <laughs> You know, Sarah Jessica, Jessica I hope she's exercising too. And it's, yeah. but, but you don't see the women clutching their chests and falling over. When heart disease is a, and in fact, more women will die of heart disease this year and next year and last year than men of heart disease. Let me throw you a couple stats, which I'm sure you're familiar with, doctor. Cardiovascular disease kills more women than all forms of cancer combined. And yet only 44% of women recognize that cardiovascular disease is their greatest health threat. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and because of that, because women aren't that aware of the dangers of cardiac disease, they're able to, they're perhaps brushing off the symptoms that they may have. Their symptoms sometimes are very often are much more subtle than men's symptoms. Uh, and uh, even the health care providers are maybe sort of lulled into the sense of security that that's not a heart issue, and they get behind the eight ball, and they're not treating it aggressively like they could be treating. Uh, secondly, uh, among females 20 years and older, nearly 45 percent are living with some form of cardiovascular disease, and less than 50% of women entering pregnancy in the U.S. have got heart health. Yeah. Scary. Scary. And these are young people who think they're invincible. Uh, follow up on the pregnancy aspect, because I haven't thought about that before. A woman becomes pregnant. What are the heart concerns? Well, the, the things that during pregnancy, um, uh, gestational diabetes and preeclampsia uh, cause issues primarily with hypertension, and again, hypertension is one of those risk factors that damage the lining of the coronary arteries. So even when they're through the pregnancy and their their diabetes becomes under control and their blood pressure gets under control, they still have increased risk of heart disease down the line. What about with menopause? What's the impact of menopause uh, on cardiovascular disease? You've been doing your homework. You've been doing your homework. So uh, men estrogen... Uh, sort of protects women. So up until 55 or the age of menopause, the incidence of heart disease in women is, is less than in men of a similar age. After 55, they lose the protective aspects of estrogen and they rapidly catch up to men in their presentation, their symptoms, and their, their disease. Back on the pregnancy, 10 to 20% of women will have a health issue during pregnancy, greatly increasing a woman's risk for developing cardiovascular disease later in life. Yes. Again, a lot of it related to the hypertension. So you're more the, I want to distinguish between you and Dr. Doria. You're the surgeon. I'm the surgeon. What, how would we... Labeled Dr. Doria. He's the cardiologist. Okay. So he will, and, and, and you can break it down even further. Dr. Doria does both invasive and, and non-invasive cardiology. I guess the question I would ask, and he might be the one to ask, is just, does he see women who come in who should have been coming in earlier? I, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. Because women... Well, symptoms are, are are very often much less dramatic than men's symptoms. For instance, 
a chest pain, and that's, that's a bad term. It, it, it's not really pain. It could be chest discomfort. It could be pressure. It could be um, a, a squeeze feeling, or it could be pain. Uh, but the, the classical presentation in men, the one you see on TV, is the pain in the chest going down the left arm, going up the neck. Yeah. Women's pain may be much more subtle. It may not occur with exertion. may occur with uh, at rest. It may occur with just activities of daily living. So gender is a factor. And gender is definitely a factor. And part of this is because women's uh, coronary artery disease, think of the coronary arteries as a tree. You have the trunk, you have the branches, and then you have the twigs. And a lot of times disease in women is, is more distal, affecting the smaller vessels. And their symptoms are, again, much more subtle. They may not have chest pain, although chest pain, again, I did it, I, 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 went, I, did, what I didn't want to do. Chest discomfort is still the number one symptom. 40% of women won't have any chest discomfort at all. They may have indigestion. It may be shortness of breath. It may be uh, diaphoresis or sweating. Well, here's an odd one before the news break. Women are often less likely to receive bystander CPR, bystander CPR, because potential rescuers often fear accusations of inappropriate touching, sexual assault, or injuring the victim. I think that's the world we're in. I'm sorry to say that um, people might, might consider that before, uh, before trying to help someone. But with a minute to go, I would imagine that you and Dr. Dory and other health care professionals would encourage everyone to know basic CPR. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if I have a loved one who seems to be experiencing heart issues other than calling 911, what do I do? Uh, you, you, I mean, Is there anything I can do while the professionals are coming? Okay, I... I uh, yeah, yes, I would. I would start chest compressions often when you call. Well, I, I've never called, but apparently they would instruct you how to start doing CPR. It's also if you're not home, uh, the presence of an AED, which I think we need all over the city, would be helpful. And remind folks what an AED it is does. An, uh, is a defibrillator to if the patient were to have a uh, arrhythmia or a uh, Heart, heart um, rhythm that is uh, uh, not uh, survivable, that a shock can be administered to, to return another heart, uh, to return a regular rhythm. But when you go out and about, I bet you don't see a lot out there. You're starting to see them in the gyms, okay. but on the street, you know, there are cities where they're actually on street corners and available. All right, we are in conversation for the hour with Dr. David Canvasser. We go to news, traffic, weather, and we'll take your phone calls and read your text messages. I'm Dave Congleton. I'm still with you, thanks to this guy. We'll be back. have landed on the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. Next week marks five years since open heart surgery for me. And uh, Dr. David Canvasser, heart surgeon extraordinaire, is always gracious with his time. He comes in once a year and we just talk about heart health and we celebrate our anniversary. Right now, we're going to say hi to Carrie in Napalmo. Hey, Carrie. 
Hello. Oh, hi. I know that voice. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I have a question for you. Okay. So uh, I was just wondering if Dr. Canvasser recommends uh, women of menopausal age to take the estrogen uh, replacement. Oh, man. Uh, you know, um, I, I'm not the, the best one to answer that. I would, I would ask your cardiologist or your, or, um, uh, your gynecologist or your, or, or your general practitioner, Carrie. That's Anybody but you, okay. Anybody but me. Well, but you're a heart surgeon. Why can't you answer it? Well, I, I could answer it. I might not answer it correctly. That's the okay. problem. All and right. uh, You know, it's very specialized, and, and I'm sure uh, any cardiologist probably has forgotten more about estrogen and premenopausal than, than I've ever learned. So I would, I would stick with them. Carrie, okay, how, well, thank how, you. What, what's your connection? You, you two obviously know each other. What's the connection here? Uh, I'm, uh, well, I'm retired, but I was a critical care nurse at French Hospital, and I worked with uh, Dr. Canvasser for many years. For many years. Carrie was one of the first people I met at French Hospital 27 years ago, Carrie. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So what, <laughs> what would you tell our listeners about Dr. Canvasser that he won't reveal himself? Oh. <laughs> careful. Careful. I don't have enough time. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I, know, I know Michael's listening in to Pomo, so I just want to assure Michael that everything is going to go fine next week. Oh, I'm, oh no, no, no. As far as his, uh, he's a wonderful doctor. Yes, yes. He's, he's a great guy and very conscientious. Whenever you called him, he would come in, uh, talk to you very kindly on the phone if you had a question. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, perfect. Anything else you want to say, Kerry? Uh, just that I'm um, I'm happy that he's on your show with you, and he's uh, telling everybody about heart health. Very important. I agree. Kerry, thanks for calling. Thank you, Kerry. 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832 if you want in on this conversation on the Stolberg text line. Two years ago, I had a heart attack after a spontaneous coronary artery dissection. SCAD. I was a 59-year-old, highly fit woman at the time of the SCAD. Are you seeing these diagnosed more often in your practice? My local cardiologist had only seen six cases in his career. They are rare, but um, uh, they they are happening. And this is one of the uh, exceptions. Uh, uh, you were a little bit older than than most people with SCAD. Um, it's a what it is is it's a spontaneous coronary artery dissection, meaning that there is a hole in the coronary artery, and the blood sort of dissects between the the layers of the artery. Happens typically in women. Uh, typically in the when, when I say typically, it doesn't mean men can't get it, and doesn't mean that other ages, but. Classically, it's in a woman who's 40 to 50 years old, who's quite fit, who doesn't have the usual risk factors that we relate with heart disease, and it is a, a real issue. I hope you're doing well. Also on the Stolberg line, as a nurse in our community, I wanted to add that the person having chest pain should chew an adult aspirin, if not contraindicated, uh, while they're waiting for EMS to arrive. Absolutely, absolutely. If they can, if they can tolerate an aspirin, absolutely. the The big issue is the blockage of the artery that uh, causes blood 
meaning oxygen not to get to the heart muscle, the quicker we can reestablish and break down the clot and reestablish flow, the more heart muscle cells we can save and the better the patient's going to do. All right, we're big in Napomo today. Here's uh, Danny in Napomo. Hey, Danny. Good evening. Hey, Danny. So, Dr. Canvasser, uh, just a quick question. I'm chronically low on my HDL, and I'm, I'm pretty pretty uh, healthy. What did you do besides the obvious avocados and canola oil to bring those levels up? Are you on a statin drug? I am. Okay. Um, you know, sometimes you, you can push the dose of the drug a little bit higher. Um, there are other medications that are coming to market that may be able to help that. But I would say diet and uh, uh, and and medication are, is what we and statin drugs are what we have right now. What what Mike's referring to is the cholesterol. This is Danny. I'm sorry. Danny, I'm sorry. Um, the the cholesterol ratio where uh, we want to keep the total cholesterol typically under 200, and we want the ratio of of uh, of total cholesterol and HDL, which is the favorable cholesterol, to be less than 5 to 1, hopefully closer to 3.5 to 1. Danny. Right. Uh, well, I was just going to say that my, my uh, LDH, or LD, whatever it is, is 98. So I'm doing well on one scale, but I'm not doing so well on the other scale. Yeah. So next time I see Dr. Dory, I'll ask him about that. Thank you very much, Dr. All right, thank you for the call. And David. All right, Danny, thank you. Stay healthy. 805-543-8830, 800-549-5832. We've been focusing specifically on women, so let's kind of educate them a little bit. What should women be focused on in terms of maintaining proper heart health? I think keep. I think what we talked about, risk factor reduction, what they can control, what can be controlled. Um, and um, and habits that they can control. Uh, that's the best thing. Be attuned to their symptoms they may not have. If they have risk factors and they're having symptoms that aren't right, may not be chest pain, may be fatigue, may be indigestion, may be uh, sweating, may be uh, whatever. Those are the ones I think you have to talk to your practitioner and maybe you need a uh, a more you know, an, an exam specifically looking at your heart function. On the starboard line, what do you think about fish oil supplements for heart health? Um, a lot of people are taking them. I am unaware of any absolute data that is beneficial with fish oil. Uh, how about any of those supplements? Same thing, same thing. I, I, I think uh, good diet um, is, uh, is what is is important right now mm. and and controlling the other other known risk factors craig you have a question yeah a couple times people have mentioned well if you if you don't have symptoms this and that and i was kind of thinking dave you didn't have symptoms it's not like you were like oh my chest hurts and well, you, I, I did have symptoms but no but it was immediately before but a week before that you hadn't had any symptoms well symptoms. but let me remind you of the, the story my friend i i screwed up uh, big time here is that the previous May, I had gone to Iceland, and I had been going up and down the waterfall stuff, and I was short of breath and feeling something. But then when I got back, I saw 
Dr. Doria, but I didn't follow up because I got hit by a car. And I was on my back, and I thought it just kind of went away. And then we went to the Elton John concert on February 1st, and going up to the cheap seats, that's when... That's what ah, happened. Ah, ah. So, but I'm wondering if somebody doesn't have symptoms, and they want to get checked out to see if they have any uh, arterial blockage, uh, who, how do they ask for that, and who do they go to? Fair question. Fair question. I, w- I would start with your, uh, your primary care doc. Now, I've, now I went to the doctor about a year ago, and he's asking, do you have any of these things? I said no. And they're like, all right, cool, see you in a year. But what if there's something going on, and I don't even know about it? I mean, do I just say, hey, doc, I want this, and they, and they just do it? I want to get checked out for well, artery problem. When I get my checkup, Dr. Goodman requires me to have blood work done. Dr. Doria, the blood work revealed an issue? It could, it could. Yeah. You could if your if your cholesterol is is out of whack. You know, I, I think you know, depending on your age, depending on your risk factors, depending on your family history, um, I would ex, you know talk about your concerns and 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 tell him or her that that this is your concern and uh, uh, and see what they say. Let me circle back with Craig in a second. First, I want to catch Gary in Pismo. Hey, Gary. Hey, hi, Dave. Hi, thank there. you for having the doctor on, and doctor, thank you for coming. Sure. Um, yeah, I I think my question is building on what Craig's asking and driving at. My question would be, if you can tell us, uh, if you haven't already, what, what, what would you consider to be the absolute gold standard, the number one thing to do to get an idea of your overall heart health? Is there one test or one treadmill test or whatever? What's the n- best thing to do to say, hey, this shows us you know what shape your heart is in at this point well um again testing goes from proper testing goes from less invasive to more invasive the most the gold standard of looking at the coronary arteries is is angiography but that is certainly the most invasive so you know you start depending on your age depending on your your health situation you may start with a echocardiogram you may start with a uh, a treadmill a stress uh, echocardiogram uh, you may uh, your physician may want to start with a um, with a calcium score uh, there are different ways to start the workup depending on your situation yeah. I, I don't think there's one absolute test but generally you go from less invasive to more invasive and the single uh, very very, I don't want to say simple, but very non-invasive that gives you a lot of information is the echocardiogram along with the EKG. Gary? And does that does that also in, indicate the strength of your heart? In other words, say your arteries are clear, but does that give you an idea if your heart muscle itself is strong and still pumping and working the way it should? The echocardiogram as it gets you, older and older. The echocardiogram gives you a lot of information on the on the on the heart function and, and what are the walls are con, you know contracting uh, symmetrically. Yes. Yeah. Great. Thanks, Doctor. Thanks, Dave. Thanks right. for the call. Gary, thank you. Stay healthy. 805-543-8830. 800-549-5832 as we promote heart health with Dr. David Canvasser. Jill's in Atascadero. Hi, Jill. Hi, David. Hi, Jill. And hi, Dr. Canvasser. Hi, Jill. Hi, Jill. So I'm another nurse from French from many moons ago, and I had a question if we could hear a little bit more about the calcium score. What would you like to know specifically? Just that test 
and accuracy if if you know there is a higher score then what's the next step well you know again these tests are not competitive they're more complementary so if you were to have the calcium score and you would they would they would score it on the numbers and the location of where the calcium is um, and then they may want to correlate it with a echo or a stress echo to see if if the calcium buildup is uh, is affecting uh, blood flow to a certain part of the heart that would decrease the contractility in that area. So um, it, it is a it is an effective test. Some practitioners put more faith in the physiologic tests as opposed to the um, the imaging tests. So again, that is that is uh, several different ways of of starting the workup and continuing the workup. Jill, okay, that's great. No, that's good information. All right, glad you called. Thank you very much. Let me circle back to Craig. Craig, does any follow up for you for the doctor? Yeah, I, I always heard the term the widowmaker. What is yeah. that <laughs> exactly? Okay, well, uh, typically that that talks about the we talked a little bit about the coronary anatomy the coronary artery anatomy and being a a trunk with the branches typically people talk about the and, and there are three main heart arteries you have the right coronary artery that obviously goes to the right side of the heart you have the left main that comes out and divides into the left anterior descending which goes down the front of the heart and the circumflex coronary artery that goes around the back of the heart so the typical widow maker is that left main artery that's controlling you know over two-thirds of the heart muscle and when you see that with also a blockage at the origin of the right coronary artery, that's that's the classic widowmaker. Is that why if somebody is having a heart attack, they grab the left arm and there's pain in the left arm? Is that why? No, not not necessarily. No, that's just how the the nerves function and 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 relate to the pain. Eight zero five. But, but, oh, but then again, but then again, we talk about widowmaker because we're not talking about you know it's it's only men. We're not we're not even discussing women having heart disease and it's just another aside so. I, I never thought about that until you came in the door today but our whole media focus is on men having heart attacks and women getting cancer we go to sharon on kvec hi sharon hello there hi hey doctor um i go see dr doria also and he is hell-bent on taking statins I've read many articles lately from doctors and even my GP. He doesn't think that statins are that important. My cholesterol is under 200, and my HDLs are really high. The LDLs are low. Why do I have to keep taking a statin? I just don't believe in them either. Okay. Fair question. Well, um, I, I, I might not be the, the best one to help you. I'm a, I'm a big statin user myself. Statins do more than just lower, make your numbers look better. They also... They also stabilize plaque in the coronary artery. So one of the big contributors to sudden death is you have a plaque that ruptures and totally closes off an artery immediately, and that can cause a fatal arrhythmia leading to sudden death. So a lot of people feel that not only does statins reduce 
cholesterol and decrease plaque buildup. They also stabilize the plaque so you have less chance of plaque rupture. Sharon. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. Oh, okay. Well, did, did any follow-up? Did, did he answer your question satisfactory? You still hesitant? I know. I just... Well, why does my GP have a different story than my cardiologist? You know, I, 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 don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't would know. ask your GP what your what your thoughts are. The also is, are you having are you having? Um, you, certainly, if there was a, a contraindication to your statin drug, and you had some liver issue or muscle pain or or, or something like that, no. and the reason not to no. take a statin, but um, you know, I, I I feel the statins are the are are probably the single most effective medication we have right now. I take a statin every day. You do. I do. Oh, I'm sorry, Sharon. Okay, I'm ri- okay. <laughs> I'm a big pickleball player. I'm very thin. I'm walking all over the place. I don't know. Right. Keep, and keep it up. Keep it up. Those and, are all and, good and, things. And I don't mean to be flippant or insulting, but if I had a GP versus a heart specialist, I'd go with the heart specialist. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. Okay, well, Personal thank you for the Sharon, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Am I being unfair here? No, I don't I've got so. a heart special, and I love Dr. Goodman. He's my GP, but he didn't do my heart surgery, right? Mm-hmm. When I needed a heart, I went to a specialist. Mm-hmm. I'm just causing trouble. We're big in the pomo. Here's Karen. Hey, Karen, how are you? I'm doing fine. Hi, Dave. Hi, doctor. Hi, Karen. Uh, yes, I, was, I had a question uh, a year ago. I'm 66 years old now. Um, a year ago, I ended up in the emergency room at, in Santa Maria. I went to a doctor's appointment. My blood pressure, I've never had high blood pressure. It was like 200 over 120. And they said, you got to go in. So I went in. I was there all day. They couldn't get it to come down. And they finally gave me nitroglycerin and got it down to about 150 over 80. But uh, I was just wondering, I mean, I do, I exercise and I've never had an issue. And I did do a follow up with the cardiologist and he said, I don't know why you're here. You're, but they, they did a, one of those uh, calcium tests, echo, uh, all my tests came out perfect, not a problem. And he said, I don't know why you're here. Everything looks good, but I am on, um, my general practitioner put me on, I'm, I'm lodipine, mm-hmm, right. 10 milligrams, but, can you get, and the cardiologist did say that sometimes your body will, you get to a certain age, it flips, and your maybe it's your arteries that got a little bit firmer. Right. But all my tests came out great, and I, I hike, I exercise. Okay. I was just like, what happened? You know, it was just so sudden. So let's hear but, from the doctor. Uh, you know, essential hypertension does usually worsen with age. And uh, is your blood pressure controlled now? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, it's fine, but I just never have had it, and for... You know, to come on that quick and everything seems fine now. Okay. You know, but I am taking the I'm lean up, I'm, I'm lodipine. Yeah. Um, but mm. yeah, so I guess it can happen. You said just sometimes your artery, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, very, very possible. All right, Karen, thank you. Let me squeeze in Vita in Los Osos. Hey, Vita. Hi, doctor. Uh, um, I'm hi. also a retired nurse. And uh, so I was advised to take statins. Um, Doctor did a stress test and thought she saw a blockage. It turned out I did not have a blockage. But I started the statins. I had a horrible reaction. I had the muscle stiffness, weakness. It took me, my ANA level went sky high. I've never had anything like that before. 
And it took me a year to get over it. I had to stop taking the statins, and I just wonder, what do you advise for people who don't tolerate the statins? I'm at one minute. Okay, uh, just just real quickly, not all statins are the same, and not all statins have the same side effects. So if you need a statin and you didn't tolerate that particular one, it may be worthwhile trying a different one, trying a different dose, or maybe several times a week instead of every day. Okay, is there anything else? Um, my brother always... Uh, advised niacin. I started taking niacin and um you know, my cholesterol, it did help my cholesterol. It yeah, did yeah, help that yeah, come down. Yeah, no, yeah, I, there are other, the niacin is, is helpful, helpful more on the triglycerides than the cholesterol, but statins are still probably the the most effective single, single drug we have for uh, uh, decreasing or preventing heart disease right now. Vita, thank you. A quick text on the Stolberg line. Uh, you performed a four-way bypass when I was 54. I'm now 63. How long will the grafts be good for? I, I hope a long time. Again, it's a, it's, a, it's a progressive disease, and you have to keep up with the uh, uh, risk control and, and taking care of yourself. All right. We'll come back with a final thought from Dr. Canvas. We're live. We're local. We're hometown. And we are so happy to have had this conversation with Dr. Canvasser. We give him 20 seconds for a final thought. Doctor. Okay. Again, I'm going to end up just like last year. Uh, I ended last year. Uh, risk control. We don't, tre- we don't cure this disease. We just got to keep beating it back, playing whack-a-mole with, with coronary artery disease. What, listen to your body. Stay active. Stay healthy. And we'll talk to you next year. I want to wish Aquarium Jimmy a happy birthday today, too, by the way. so Aquarium Jimmy? Aquarium Jimmy. Okay. Okay. A long hey. listener to the show. So. All right. And Jimmy, thanks for listening. Doctor, thanks for your time, as always. Off we go. News, traffic, weather. Back on the other side, let's talk about the situation in Gaza. This is Hometown Radio. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.